Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. There is no way you will listen to this song and not feel like dancing. And I recall listening, watching it live at, at the West End in, in London, the Lion King show, and it was an absolutely amazing experience. Whenever you get to be in London or, or, or somewhere in New York, find the show, Lion King Live, and just watch it. Good evening and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to Springboard, your virtual university. The address is GA0993341, and God bless you for matriculating in tonight's edition. Springboard is a multimedia educational and personal development intervention, the biggest, the most consistent of its kind, running since August 2008. We are live on on Facebook streaming digitally on at Albert N.E. Okran. You can join us live there for, for pictures in crystal clear quality. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your Superstation Joy 99.7 FM. We are proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and MTN, the nation's number one network. Our print media support comes from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business, the two biggest business newspapers in this country, support this broadcast. Let me recommend tomorrow's edition of the Business and Financial Times and the article, Springboard article on goal-setting versus gratitude from our book 101 keys to achievement and fulfillment you will find that very helpful goal setting versus gratitude tuesday's graphic business will feature a full transcription of tonight's interesting discussion on the digital revolution on behalf of the virtual academic board headed by comfort with support from matthew priscilla and amos let me say thank you for joining us tonight so this year our theme is leveraging strategy and technology and we've been looking at various aspects of that theme we began a discussion on the impact of the digital revolution on various aspects of our lives and began to narrow in on sports with particular emphasis on football and then also on fashion today we turn the spotlight to transport engineering and urban planning as we seek to find out how much has technology changed the way we do things I was in the country um, not too long ago, and I drove on one, there was a middle lane, and I drove to work, or we drove out to town on the middle lane, going out, and then coming in, that lane had been converted for those coming back. And it was just such a simple way of, of measuring the traffic flow, and at any time, deciding which, which side of the traffic should use that free lane in the middle. It was just an, a simple alternative to having a dual carriage. And you could see that there were sensors that were monitoring the traffic through the whole town and determining who needed help the most. What can we do to be able to leverage technology to improve the quality of our lives in the area of transport and urban planning? I've brought two people who are passionate about this subject into the studio to help us understand what is happening on the ground and how can technology help us increase the quality of our lives. Let me start with Cecil Gabra, the a transport consultant and executive director of Top Tech uh, Transport and Logistics. So it's good to see you finally on Springboard. 
Many thanks, Rev. Yeah, Many it's thanks. a blessing to have, to have you here. Right. right. And I also have Alfred Quincy Opoku, who is the president of Ghana Institute of Planners. He has to help us plan everything tonight <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Alfred, welcome to Springboard. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I know we've met in another life, but today we are talking it's about right. planning the city. <laughs> right. So yeah. let's start with the situation um, on the ground. Um, not to literally throw blues at what we have, but Cecil, what, how would you describe the role of, of transport and transport services for that matter in, 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 in national development? How critical is the quality of our transport service to the whole development um, of the nation? Thank you so much. If you talk about transport, then we are looking at um, road transport, we are looking at air transport, railway transport, which is very common. Um, for me, when you ask me, I'll tell you the truth that goods and services are transported by roads. I'll say about 95% on roads, 4% air transport, and um, maybe 1% railway transport. However, um, the situation now is very serious. And if you look at our country, everybody wants to buy a vehicle, right, because of road transport. Everybody wants to buy a vehicle because it is much more convenient to drive to and, and, and from your destination than even um, looking at the situation to sit in an Uber. I am um, virtually going in for for railway transport, which will be the solution for our country, Ghana. Why right. do you see that? Um, why so? Because all over the world, it's just so clear that railway transport is the best in terms of uh, having trams, in terms of having long distance uh, carrying goods, let's say from Temahabo to Kumasi, that should save us a lot than you know investing on uh, having new motorways and so on. Right. However, we have to do with what we have at the moment, road transport. It, um, road transport is not... Um, what should I even say? It's, it's now so confusing because it's not the best. We are not doing well. We are talking about road transport and it is coming from we as citizens. It is coming from enforcement. It is coming from engineering of the roads. It is coming also from education. It's really a big aspect that we need to look at. If I am going to talk about all, I'm sure uh, we will need about two, three hours. But let me first tackle the major issue as Ghanaians. As people, I don't think we are comporting ourselves to be part of road safety, simply because we have a big problem in our country on whom uh, I am basis. I mean, everybody feels he's big. People are driving four by fours in the middle of the road. I heard you talking about the middle of the road now. Uh, people are, are taking advantage of, um, I'll say, weakness of the um, the um, not the emergency services, but an enforcement services, right? Enforcement in this country is very, very weak. Uh, we must accept this and then look at how we can boost it. Because for every country that can make it, I am sure that we can really do something about the issue on enforcement to make money for our country, Ghana, because if I get up and I drive a 4x4 four four and then the police stops me, first of all, the police looks at me and said, and, and, and will say to me that, uh, look, where are you going? Look at my face. And then, of course, I'll be quiet and start boasting to say, do you know who I am? Yes, that's a typical Ghanaian for you. Of course, the police also looks at his uh, caliber of personnel and say, hey, if I don't take care, I'll be transferred from Accra to Bimbila or Accra to 
maybe Boku, and then my family will suffer. So one serious aspect that we all need to look at is um, enforcement when you talk about road transport, which is very common. Right. So you think that the, the generally your three main points you've made are that we tend to lean heavily on road. Your preference would have been for rail. Precisely. And on the road, you think our biggest issue is, is um, poor enforcement of our, our, our laws and indiscipline. I'll come back to you on that, Cecil Gabra. But let me come to you, Alfred. You are uh, the president, Charlie, is a big title <laughs> of, 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 of the Institute of Planners. The, the, the share of Africans living in urban areas is projected to grow from... 36% in 2010 to 50% by 2030. And sometimes people say, oh, 2030 is a long time, a while away, but it's just in 12 years' time. And that would mean one out of every two Africans will be in the urban urban areas. We see it already in the changes in the electoral pattern. We see it in different aspects of our lives. We see it on the roads and everything Tell me, on one hand, it is projected that it could lead to economic growth and uh, poverty reduction. But on the other hand, it could lead to slums, I mean, inequality, urban poverty. How do we manage this this rising speed of urbanization uh, and the seeming non-stop influx of people into the, into the cities? <laughs> uh, but it's uh, a very interesting thing. Even before we go out of Africa, if we go out of Ghana into the big Africa, in Accra here, it is estimated that one million people come to Accra every day, and about 20% don't go back the same day. So you can imagine how Accra is going to look like. Hit me with that statistic again. <laughs> One million people come to Accra every day. As in drive-in, come yeah, to work, from, yeah, from converge on the city. All the entire country converge on the city. And about 20% do not go back the same day. How long they stay is another matter. So whenever you plan for Accra, you must make extra provision for one million people, of whom 20% will stay overnight. It is because there are not many Accras in Ghana. You must come to Accra to complete a business. Those of us inside Accra, my colleague was talking about everybody wants a car, wants to own a car. That is why the road transport is popular. In Africa, in Ghana, owning your own car is a status symbol, not a necessity. And so even if you provide um, buses that will carry people from um, Legon to Accra, and I have my car. I'll prefer to go in my own car rather than park my car and sit in the transport, the big transport, and come to a down truck and come back. And so as the population grows and people are getting money, we want a car on our own, not necessarily to go to where we want to go, but to apply my name to it that I have a car. That's about it. And so we realize that if this is the case, then what do we do then? Um, you were mentioning in you know, introduction about traveling somewhere and the car, the road you use in the morning has become uh, the, the right way out in the evening. In another places where I also visited, for example, from ministries to all the way to Persec on, on uh, Brew Road, the middle road has been turned into a highway. 
you know, the lay, I mean, the, the island, which you plant flowers, we can maintain. <laughs> and if you want to use it, you buy a sensor and install it in your car. If you have more than three people in their car, it doesn't charge you. You don't pay anything. But if you are less than three, it, you just go, and the money remains as it is. And so in the morning, all of us will meet at, let's say, um, Legon and park our cars. If you don't need your car in town, you you park your car and sit in another person's car. So there are three, four of you sit in the car, and you come down to a car free. In the evening, there are places you also meet and pick the car. And you take you back to where everybody parks his car in the morning. And then you are free. And so on that speedway, instead of moving on the right or the left lane, as is normally the case where it's going to take about three hours from the ministries to Lekon, on that speedway, it takes you about 30, 40 minutes and you are there. This is also technology. That would ensure that you don't stay in that lane. And If you don't have money to pay, then you remain in that slow lane. But you have money to buy the sensor and pay for it every month. That means that within 30 minutes, 40 minutes, from the ministries to Legon, you're already there. You know, So this is one way by which we can ensure that people move faster. As for transport, whether by air or by rail or by... We need it. From your house to the church, to the market, to dropping your children, by all means, you need to move in a mechanized, you know, uh, transport so that you, you can get to places that have to go early. But how do we arrange it or rearrange in such a way that we can get to where we want to go quickly? You look at it, Albert. As soon as you move to a place, the first question you ask yourself, where is the school, the nearest school? And then where is my workplace? And then the third thing we put together as my recreational area. The recreational area can uh, be compiled, can be explained as uh, the church, the school, the market, or let's say where I can go for entertainment. So three places that a man's activities are um, shadowed around. Place of work, place of sleeping, and entertainment. So if you get up in the morning, where do you put the children to school? Where do you send them there and so on? So all these require that you move. But in order to, we get into the urban planning proper later. But if you're in Accra here, on Greater Accra, Tema is one community that was planned on paper before it was built. Go to Tema. You will not be in any serious traffic more than 20 minutes. Because for every community, there's a semblance of a school, there's a semblance of a market, there's a semblance of a church, there's a semblance of accommodation. So depending on your money and your desire, you can get the minimum need of your life. And if you don't need to travel that far and that much in order to drop, uh, you know, get to all these places. And all the industrial area is also kept at another side. So that you'll be easily, um, you'll be aided to move and drop yourself where you have to do with the kids and workplace and so on, and then you come back. So you realize that we will need technologically to ensure that we plan our cities in a manner where the land use planning where do you put this? Where do you put that? Where do you put that? Are in such a mode that it will not bring much, um, I don't want to use the word confusion, but difficult, much challenges of how to get yourself to where you want to go. These are the things that are needed in terms of 
technology and planning and urban planning. Let me finally say one thing. Anytime we mention the word technology, what we're trying to ask yourself is, how can I improve my production in a more efficient way at a lower cost? Improvement in production in efficiency at a lower cost. That's what technology brings. So whether we are talking about transportation, urban planning, whatever you do, when the moment you say, I want to introduce technology, you want to increase production, you want to increase efficiency at a lower cost. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is 19 minutes past the hour of seven. My guest for tonight is Cecil Garbra of Top Tech uh, uh, Transport Consultant and Alfred Upoku, the president of the Ghana Inst- Institute of Planners, trying to help me understand what the impact is of technology or changing trends on 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 transport engineering and urban planning. I'm going to come to Cecil to find out how many hours a day we spend on the road. But let me say that for from the perspective of Alfred, he has. Uh, I was going to say a, a triangle until he reminded me that there's a home. So the the golden triangle would have been that for every. Um, certain square mile of space there must be a good school there must be the workplaces must be situated somewhere within reach and then there must be something recreational that way people don't have to travel a long time to get to their intended destination and of course the home is the fourth one so it's no longer a triangle it's it's, it's a square or rectangle or whatever <laughs> but four points of convergence okay. um, the home the workplace the the school and then recreational I spoke to somebody who said I mean no matter what quality of education you want for your children, you are not you would not need to travel more than fifteen minutes to get to your child's school. And this was in another jurisdiction. But let me come back to you so um, following up from this particular point that Alfred makes about the fact that once the the four, the three main points that you intersect with are within a certain geographical space, there's no need to travel a long time. But what's the reality on the ground? How much time does the average sp- person spend Commuting to work and back. It's really interesting. I'll just use myself average, as yes. an example, okay? Right. Um, my kids attended Christ the King School, right? I live off the Spinters. And then I spend more than 30 to 45 minutes to Christ the King, right? Now, the question that I was asking myself is, is there any good school around the Spinters? Of course, no. And if it's even yes, Ghanaians have this attitude, including myself, of um, taking um, the child to the best school. And therefore, during interviews, you see people fighting, people, you know, uh, going behind to know who uh, to contact and so on. It is not the Ghanaians' fault. It is coming from the system. If from coming Krumen's time, we had had this in place where you get up from your house, you cross the road, there's a very good school there, there's a, a playing ground there, like we have in um, developed countries. I do not think I will have bothered to do that. And it's a big problem. Um, you, you wake up in the morning, I wake up around 5 o'clock, I mean, trying to set up at 6 o'clock, right? I'm already weak. My mind is already gone. Productivity levels, of course, will be low. Because people spend a lot more in traffic, okay, wasting a lot of time. People, um, um, you know, on health, what, this is what, not too what, good what's for, the for impact, you. To, if, 
let me let me just push you further. I mean, you said forty-five minutes, and I'm sure somebody's listening and saying, "What forty-five mm-hmm. minutes?" I mean, I'm sure people do two hours, yes, one and a half hours. hours. Yes. So <laughs> let's even let's even do a conservative estimate. Mm-hmm. If somebody spent an hour in and an hour out, that's two hours. Yes, two hours of gone. the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, probably a tenth of the twenty-four hours is spent commuting. And if nothing productive is done during that time, that's a total waste of time. That's very uh, true. Uh, um, and it's a quarter of the the stipulated work day of eight hours. No, what is the impact of, from what is the impact on society or or on the economy of people spending that much time on the road? Of course, productivity is gone. Will be very low. Your stress level as a human being will be so high. You know, everybody, every driver needs to wear a coat to drive. Okay, the coat I'm talking about is not an ordinary coat that you wear, but it's concentration, observation, alertness, and tolerance is what we need to drive. Now, the tolerance level is gone so high that people get angry. Every little thing, you have to go mad on the road. Okay, and then I've, I've, um, uh, in my lectures, I always say that because of that, out of 10 drivers that you see around, five of them are mad. Okay, <laughs> yes, it's true. Because you find them doing things which are so wrong, everybody wants to get to destination very early because we don't have any good transport system in terms of road network being poor, in terms of few flyovers. I mean, we have a lot more of engineers. We have very good people at the Department of Urban Roads that I trust so well that if um, uh, we'll not have any political intervention, I am sure Ghana will solve its problem on the transportation. But, you know, we will sponsor them a lot to go outside, to go and learn, and it's always, you know, on file that they are so good, and then nothing um, can be done in terms of producing what we know they can do. I'm talking about good roads, good bridges, to cut off the transport and the traffic system. Transport management, traffic management is what we need in this country. Okay? Let me put these together, um, Alfred, and ask you a simple question. Some some, some have made a blunt prescription that we should not allow any building less than three-story um, in any prime location, as a way of saying, listen, the the land that we have, we should build vertically so that we can optimize it, and they think it would help solve the problem. So we don't have sprawling people traveling long distances just to find land to build. Some have given their own prescriptions and said, I mean, the the H O V two system that you talked about, that if you have more than two people in the car. Um, you are allowed to use the fast track lane. I remember <laughs> recently somebody saying that some people put dummies in their yes, car. Yeah, and they, I, I they, also and heard about the it. Police arrest them <laughs> they arrest when they them. see them, or, or when the cameras <laughs> pick you up. But on, on, on a more serious note, I mean, these are all alternatives others are using. But would you uh, subscribe to that notion that if we insisted on more high rise? Um, more vertical construction, it would reduce the pressure on travel. Well, um, ideas, what we are suggesting is being done elsewhere. People are going high up. Um, if you go to Singapore, um, I stood on the street for walk up and down for more than two hours. I didn't see a building less than 20 levels, you know, 25 plus, and so on. There, they have, according to them, there's virtually no land further rather than to go up, except that the airspace, they must give room to international height so that planes will not crash into buildings. Here, again, owning a house, a property of that nature, is such that many people may want to own their own. 
the culture, the social system here. I understand that the tall buildings around um, Tetequashi, uh, the Italian flats, uh, is that the name? Those who are staying in there, apart from buying and owning it, they pay about $300 a month in order to maintain the system. The uh, uh, lifts, uh, the cleaning, the, all of that. The immediately that we get into that, we are looking at this, another trend of customers. If you can afford for them to move in and leave the uh, no, low-lying areas for other people, that would be fine. And so, in all the other countries where people are there, their income levels permit them, or the majority of them, to be able to buy and own and live within their places. There's been a number of suggestions that the inner cities that we are worrying about, being, we, are, we are trying to develop, why don't you pull everything down, build high-rising? But the people who are sitting there now, can they afford to live in a 10, 12, 13-story building houses? If they can, that's the best thing. But if they are unable, that means that you are moving a certain group of people away from their, you know, traditional you know, place and bring another set of people. If we can afford and get everybody up there, then it's the best thing that we can think about. And to the airspace, there's nothing to stop us. But the cost of getting it and maintaining it and living in them. Now we are lucky. Come on. What risk do we run if Accra spreads until it reaches Kofoidia fully. <laughs> well, they're still not reached the size of landing. But the difficulty is that the services that go over there, if Accra uh, extends to Kofoidia in Ghana, it is crossing traditional boundaries, chieftaincy systems, land tenure systems, <laughs> all kinds of things are going to come in. In other areas where the cities and the towns are large, the land belongs to the government. He comes in and plan and say, this area, we are going to put so many houses. And he has no compensation to pay. He has nobody to go on demonstration against acquisition of the land. It is government land. But here, even before you get to Yibi, you must see another chief. Before you get to Abri, you must see another chief. And all those things. So the system here is such that if you allow Akira to grow all the way to Kufredia, it has not reached the size of London, but the barriers you cross become difficult. And therefore, the services also that we are going to provide, that is the biggest thing. Here in Ghana, development goes ahead of planning. This is what I mean. People walk into the landlords. The constitution of Ghana permits the land to be owned by the customary owners. Our constitution. And so I'm the chief of a brick. My land is there. Somebody has come to me. He wants a land to build. It's mine. Constitution guarantee, guarantees it for me. So I sell it. They go in and build. And then the next day, they call on government. Come and give us a road. Give us water. You know. So the difficulty now is that how do we merge the planning system with development in such a way that we can have the truth going side by side so that even the city is growing all the way to Kofredia, what we call the site and service scheme is provided to ensure that services are there and then people are living in a more harmonious way. It is exactly the midpoint, 
Um, this is Springboard Virtual University right here on Joy 99.7 FM. My guest, Cecil Garbra, Alfred Opoku, we are talking about the impact of new trends, technology on, on transport services, on engineering, and then also on urban planning. Some of the thoughts that have come out. Um, Cecil Garbra says, all things being equal, rail would have been a far better option. But making use of what we have, if you're going to work with, with, with road transport, you must be more disciplined and the laws must work. And that is the initial contribution of Cecil Garbra. Um, Alfred is saying that ideally, if there are good schools in every community, good workplaces, or workplaces are within reach and recreational facilities are within reach, the, the, the amount of travel um, will be cut down significantly. And so says there's high levels of stress and the long time spent commuting affects productivity. And the last point that... Um, Alfred just made is the fact that development goes ahead of planning instead of the other way around. We'll come back and talk about the effect of culture um, on, 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 on productivity and growth in the areas that we have mentioned. The subculture of wanting to have my own house, my own car, my own way. These are the best practices on the global stage. My name is Albert and we are having this discussion as part of our discussion on on the effect of the digital revolution on the way we live our lives. This show is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy Enjoy 99.7 FM. It is proudly sponsored by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, and MTN, the nation's number one network. Let me remind you of the all-new Ecobank mobile app. Download the app today and send money fast to 33 countries and pay your bills with a tap of a finger. No bank account, absolutely no worries. Open an Ecobank Express account instantly. Now, just pick up your phone and look for that blue app and I use it every blessed day. Just find that blue app and then download the Ecobank, Ecobank Express account instantly on your phone. No forms and no account handling fees to pay ever. Download the new app today and enjoy the new digital experience. The Ecobank mobile app is available on Google Play Store and the App Store. Ecobank definitely is the pan African bank. Let me remind you that it's a challenge. It's a taking over this thing. You deserve to win amazing prizes in the MTN 4G taking over promo. Keep doing what you love on MTN 4G. Yes, text more, browse more, talk more, and do more Momo transactions. And you could be the lucky one to move into that posh two-bedroom house. Drive home one of those four sleek Hyundai cars every month. Win cash prizes. Enjoy super fast 4G on that iPhone 8, Samsung S8, or win loads of airtime. It's your chance to take over. Just switch to MTN 4G today and get 10,000 bonus points to Bonus points. You start now, dial star 120 hash for more details. You too can take over with the MTN 4G taking over promo everywhere you go. This promo is for MTN 4G customers only, and of course, terms and conditions do apply. Let's take a brief commercial break and bring you a message from, M- from Echo Bank and MTN. When I come back, let's talk about culture, our way of doing things, and how it impacts our transport systems and our urban planning. Please don't go away. 
My name is Richard Agala. I am a testimony to that, and I've actually received my mobile money beep telling me that my 5,000 CD cash award is on my wallet. My name is Charles Banker, and I just won a Hyundai Ascent on the MTN Taking Over promo. This one, no, you believe, you know, la blah, blah, blah. So we should keep texting, keep browsing, use the MTN mobile money. MTN Taking Over, we're taking over everywhere. Yo, Ucha India, Ucha Switch, you call MTN 4G. Na yadia wuye, na sign take you over. Achadia ni dia flow, two bedroom house, brand new cars from Hyundai, 4G enabled devices, and the cash prices way above my, yo, the guy, manchi dolo, chale, usu take you over. Moving on up is paying from your phone and getting looks of approval from your friends. Moving on up is doing all your banking from your bathroom like a boss. Moving on up is losing your wallet, but your money is still safe. Moving on up is attaching any bank's card to the EcoBank mobile app. Oh yeah, download the EcoBank mobile app. Make we go and bank like a boss. Move on up with EcoBank, the Pan-African bank. EcoBank is the Pan-African Bank and Springboard is the virtual university. And tonight we're talking about transport engineering and urban planning. And my guests, Cecil Garbra and Alfred Kwesi Opoku. Let me come to you, Cecil, and ask you. So from our discussions, it's imagine that the, the pension to own my own car, the determination to have my own building on my own plot of land <laughs> and 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 your the point you made about even the subculture of wanting to take your child to a particular school because you are an old student of that school even when they are equally good schools close by home putting these together would you say that culture our way of doing things is a big barrier to to progress yes Yes, just like um, uh, Mr. Poku just mentioned, right? Everybody wants to own a car here. Everybody wants a good school like um, uh, Christ the King, Morningstar, Ghana International School, and so on. Everybody wants to live in a very good house. I was just telling him right now that, so can't we go to a place like uh, Tashi, um, a place like Sukura, and so on, to break down all the houses and put up high rise buildings and then, you know, put it up. Put it up and say, uh, come on, um, you guys, let's have some contribution. If it's even 40 years, let's pay for the building. I think I'm making a lot of sense. I mean, uh, uh, with, with a lot of respect to places that I've mentioned, it's really a fact. Because I use a tissue road and then you see somebody taking his bath, crossing the road. Somebody has put powder on his face. He's moving to the other side. It's a big problem. And um, I'm going home this evening. I'll use the same road. It's, you see people putting up big speakers, having a party. They have blocked the road. What sort of, you know, laws do we have in this country? That's one aspect that I, uh, we need to fight. So you think regulation is the biggest Regulation issue? is the biggest right. issue. Okay, right. you go to the police station, you pick somebody there, and by the time you realize that person is out of the police station because he knows the, the, the inspector and so on, right? <laughs> I say it without fear or favor. I mean, it's a fact that we need to look at in this country. Let but me, back to... Let me ask you about, let me ask you about um, new trends that have come up. I mean, so if you say that, for instance, that 
owning your own car. I have, I've spoken to a number of people who say, for instance, a new trend like Uber. Okay, Uber is a brand. So let's see the, the model that has technology-driven um, requests for vehicles and so on. I mean, I know there are a few local, local alternatives around, but just for the purpose of the discussion, let's stick with Uber, which many, many people know. I mean, I know people who say, listen, the cost of using Uber and the convenience it brings is making them use their cars less and switch to that option. Does it come with any improvement? I mean, does it make, this, does it make things better in any way in, in terms of what we are talking about? Well, I'll say for um, a percentage, but it is still not the best. Right Before I talk about Uber, I've been fighting for the BRT system, rather, right, which is the bus rapid transit system. If we are able to um, bring it on board properly, I'm sure people will not even bother themselves to switch in the Uber. Why am I saying so? Again, I wrote back to some yes we bought Marco Polo buses, which are very expensive buses. But as a country, what we needed to do was to, you know, come up with segregated roads, which no bus, no vehicle, no Uber will use that road as, uh, uh, except buses, except BRT, for the BRT system, right? We all travel. I'll give you a very good example. I traveled somewhere in one of the European countries. I was going to meet a whole transport minister. I wore my suit and so on. I went to the train station, sat in the train, only to know that the minister was sitting in the train with me which I never believed. He had left his vehicle, and I was following this man. He went to his office, and uh, I got to the reception. Oh, I have an appointment with the Minister of Transportation. Oh, exactly 9 o'clock. I went and I met him there. So I said, oh, was it you who were sitting in the bus? Can we adapt this culture? Can we do it? Of course, I'm going to tell you, do you know whom I am? And that's the Ghanaian trade, and it will never work in this country. Culture has been the biggest issue. It started a long time ago. Can we change? We cannot change. Now, back to the Uber issue, right? Uber is good, but again, I think uh, we've had it wrong in terms of um, the transportation ministry, in terms of regulating them, right? This is a company, you call them if there's even any problem. I mean, there's nobody to answer any question they'll tell you you should type it you should send it no answers are given i mean drivers are fighting amongst themselves because they have to earn 25 they have uh, they shouldn't pay 25 percent to uber and so on there's a whole lot of problems on the uber but it's a good system but i am saying for sure that it is only a percentage in solving the transportation your system. biggest recommendation is segregated roads br system precisely That's i'm, going, I'm going to come back to you and ask you what is the, the the most interesting innovation you've seen in other countries? But let me come to you, Alfred. Alfred, if you got if you got a chance to get a hearing of the president, the the every person who matters in policy making, what would be your one biggest recommendation for um, cutting back on some of the problems we talk about and making things better in terms of urban planning? All right, um, he's talking about. Uh, let me take it from there before I come to that. For example, we have what you call new urban agenda that UN has accepted that we are implementing how should we, uh, you know, develop the urban centers. The policy number nine is insisting on high occupancy uh, transport, that is the buses. So I will not be too surprised that the, the government of Ghana will be working towards that, including the Ayalalo thing that you are talking about. When that is implemented, we are getting there. The Ayalalo problem is that we have brought the bus before we are finding the road for them. 
We are not getting the roads via Lolo to use. We are only slicing part of the existing road and so on. That becomes a problem. They can't move the entire life uh, uh, length of the the, 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 So the development is once again... Ahead of planning. All right. Again, this culture, urban thing, there's a traditional culture and there's an urban culture. But the UN has accepted urban culture, meaning if somebody lives in an urban center, he must begin to take into consideration technology and edge and fast movement of things, trains and so on. Um, somebody living in, in a rural area, the traditional culture, I have driven on the road where I met a lady with a car and a baby at the back and carrying firewood. I stopped to pick her. She was alone and I was alone in the car. She refused. She feared because the culture is that you don't know who is there and so on and so forth. But the UN recognizing that there's an urban culture, that people must begin to realize that. If you're living in an urban space, then you must begin to adapt certain things onto your mind. Change your thinking, your traditional thinking that here is an urban area. There are certain things that can be done appropriately. Even if I have a car of my own, if you're living in my hometown, in Sita in Ashanti region, and you have a car, once you blow the horn, everybody knows the man is coming. Here in Accra, the horn will not identify you. So begin to think about getting into the mass transport system and move on. So the culture thing will change. The urban culture thing will change. Once the UN has accepted that and is trying to implement revert for us, it will come to that point. The use of bicycles and tricycles and all kinds of things. People doing a number of things that are urban compared to the rural systems. All these are going to come. If I had the opportunity to speak to uh, the president, as a planner, the first thing I'll talk about is let us do a few things. One of them is that let us bring the traditional authorities, the customary landowners, into the planning system. Because now we are running the dual system of planning in Ghana. The constitution guarantees that Nana Asmasi, this is your land. He can sell it and get a surveyor to demarcate it without any standard planning, and then people will live there. And then you come into the planning system, the assemblies. We have a national planning system who plan the land use system in the country. But the chief who owns the land is not in the planning system. So I have sold my land. You also do your planning. And so all the time, because people need to stay and live at a place quicker, development goes on. And then they come back to the government. So let us bring these two people together. If we have to hold uh, these assembly meetings in the palace of the chief, let's go there. Because what we have realized is that you invite the chief to come to the assembly or meet the town, town planning people. Now we call them loose land use and special planning authority. Now, now come and let us plan how you will you know, bring certain service came onto your land so that at the time you are selling, the price would have been, you know, upgraded. Then he sent Oshami, a linguist, or his nephew, to come and sit in the thing, in the planning. He goes back. Now, now they are saying, oh, don't mind them. I mean, that is the end. Whatever the young man or the representative came to uh, listen at the assembly, he goes back and now he has no time for it at all. So let us find a way and bring them together. So that we will plan before we go and develop on the land. When we do that, then we are going to get more thermal systems in the country. There's one region in Ghana that is so beautiful. Brunehavu region. One of my favorites. 
Go to Brekum, go to Sunyane, go to Bechem, go to the Mahenkro, go to Tachimai. Radio station is there. Even in Wenchi, uh, there's a um, university campus is there. Um, secondary school is there. Um, training college is there. Hospital is there. Or, or everything within that region. So when you're in Brunei have a region, there's very little traveling to go and stay and look for jobs in Sunyane and so on. You know, we need that kind of planning into our system so that you'll be able to do uh, a better planning in Ghana and live on. And by the way, that's one of the cleanest, cleanest, the cleanest, uh, you know, region, the the cleanest region from ten years of traveling yes, around the country. Yes, I can tell you that yes. without any doubt. Because there's no much movement like everybody's coming to Accra. One million people. So Accra Mayor, I don't envy him at all, <laughs> at all. At least he gets some sympathy from you. Well, <laughs> he has it from me, from me. <laughs> because whatever you plan, you must make allowance for. <laughs> it's fourteen minutes of eight o'clock. This is a discussion you're having about the impact of new trends and technology. On, on, on transportation, on engineering, and, and on urban planning. My guests, Cecil Gabra and Alfred Kwesi Opoku. Cecil is a transport consultant, and Alfred is the president of the Ghana Institute of Planners. Trying to plan the whole country is not easy, but Alfred is giving us some useful hints, including um, bringing the traditional authorities into the planning system. And he says there's a cultural problem. We t- we try to move them into the meetings, and they don't go. The meetings should come to them, and that is a very simple solution that Alfred has. I tell you one thing. Every person looking for a better quality of life measures progress along a certain given number of parameters. Either it lowers your cost, it increases the quality, or you get a higher quantity, or it is health and safety um, guaranteed, or it preserves the environment, or maybe it even gives you convenience. And convenience is one of the biggest drivers um, of decision-making in terms of the quality of life that people want. One thing I can say for sure, technology is giving people lots of convenience. I met somebody um, last week, or I saw somebody enter a filling station, ostensibly having walked into the filling station from her lecture room across, and she just was on the phone and said, okay, so she just called up, um, a vehicle and, and she just sat into the vehicle and off she went. Very, very, very seemingly very convenient. Quite remote, but she had no problem because convenience, the vehicle will come to you, take you right to your destination. What has been your most convenient experience? What has been your best experience in terms of technology making life easier for you? Is it a hotel that you found close by? Is it an easy way to book? Is it is it um, an easy way to get transport? Have you experienced Technology making life easy for you in terms of uh, moving around the city, in terms of engineering, in terms of transport. Share your experience with us. The number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one. What's the best experience you've had in terms of technology making life easy for you? Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Have you had a good experience? And while you wait for those calls to come in. Um, Derek Tete writing on Facebook says amazing panel you have tonight. Interesting punches, observations and suggestions. I can tell you that Cecil is very angry with our indiscipline and and Alfred is raising very serious questions about how determined we are to really plan things well. But I'm sure the points they've raised are very helpful in our quest to improve things. But lower cost, higher quality, higher quantity, safety and health convenience and environmental protection. These are the considerations people have when they look for a better life. Have you had a good experience? Zero three zero two two one six five four one. But let me come to you, 
um, Cecil, what is the one thing you've traveled and seen that you have said, wow, this is really, really innovation powered by technology? What's the one thing that has really got your attention? Train. <laughs> a train system. Is it, is, it, is it a London underground, over 100 years old and still, in my opinion, the easiest way to travel across London? Well, um, let me talk about my country, Ghana. Right. If you pick up a country like um, uh, Netherlands that lost its own land because the sea, I mean, we know that history, right? But then you go there, look, they have the biggest airport, Skipo Airport. Under it is a train station. Under it, again, you have boats and so on. They have utilized. But then you come to Accra, Ghana, you come to Ghana, and then you 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 are in the aeroplane and you look at <laughs> yourself and say, "Hey, so can't we utilize all this?" You know, I I I feel it. Sometimes I get so emotional. People think I'm angry, but we have all the engineers here. You go to Department of Urban Roads. You go to highways. All of them are here. Why can't we get the money to do what they have planned for Ghana for the next 20, 30 years? Right? The train system. We are still having the one-track system. It leaves Accra, goes to Tema, passes through um, um, what some parts of Accra back to it. No train can leave because that particular train is using the track. So what you're Why? saying is that you, you we have a single track. Multi-track system. Yes, we have a single track. And it's not working. Fine, I understand it's that uh, we need to... Uh, so your recommendation is multi- multiple trucks? Multiple trucks. That's number one. Multiple trucks. Number two. We need, we need, if possible, trams. Okay? My brother spoke about the uh, Central Reserve. I'll give you an example. Ring Road. What's that land doing there? Kwame Nkrumah left it. Fortunately, uh, my late dad was Kwame Nkrumah's friend. He was a uh, Sovia. And uh, if you look through his things, he has plans for Accra that that central reserve was supposed to be chopped in years, years to make it a four or five lane road, right? That road now could be used as a segregated road for the Ayalolo bus. If you go to see the Ayalolo buses, they are, you know, parked and they are getting rusted. We are underutilizing them. Very expensive. So these are some of the things that, you know, uh, gets true to me that as, as um, Ghanaians, you travel everywhere, and then you look at uh, how development is moving on in the world. There is obviously a Ghanaian there. He comes to Ghana and he's reluctant because he's not being given the opportunity to do it. Let me come to you, Alfred. Which, uh, which innovation, which, which, which technology-driven solution has really <laughs> caught your attention as, as being something that you would love to see in our country? Um, he has hit a point for me. The system I talked about that you buy a sensor and put in a car, the engineer working on it is a Ghanaian. Father, mother, finished first degree in Ghana. And he's in Virginia, U.S. <laughs> and that is his work. You know, he has developed that system. You buy and install in your car, and the sensor train follows you. Another system I'm happy with, I was in Kuala Lumpur February. And the middle, the lane, I mean, the island in which you grow, you plant flowers on it. Initially, at the Chromas time, it was a beauty to have an island and grow flowers, you know, and to beautify the city. They have put uh, columns on it, and on top of the column, that's where the railway line is. <laughs> and so, railway line is in, is, is in, is in the space. 
And so instead of everybody fighting a car and crossing, we still have the middle lane, but on top of it is a railway line. Right. Let me take Ajiman from Tema. Find out his thoughts on this 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 interesting discussion. Ajiman, good evening. Yes, I was. So tell me, have you had a, a wonderful experience that you would like to share about how technology can make life easy for all of us? Um, I just want to add something to your man talking about the railway lines. Go ahead. The double lane that he's talking about. The only place that we have double lane is from Koyokrum to Ango in the western region. And unlike you need to you need to wait for the incoming train to land Koyokro before the other one will move. Because it is double lane, both can depart at the same time. And but I can say for a fact that these are rules that are not functioning well is due to the breakdown of the railway system. Because look at our motorway. Heavy goods are being passed on the motorway and now when you pass the outer lane, I mean you'll be jumping all over. So I think I start with him, the level that he's coming from in terms of the railway situation. God bless with you with uh, this wonderful topic. Thank you, Ajiman from Tema. You brought your thoughts to, to bear on this discussion. Hello, good evening. All right, so let's come back into the studio, wrap up on this one. Obviously, there are um, strong thoughts that people have about the way forward. A few of the thoughts that have come up. Um, so... We're talking about segregated roads. The the bus rapid transport system is one of the thoughts that has come up. Um, Alfred, you believe that the UN is endorsing high occupancy transport, not just as a preferred way, but as something that should be backed by legislation. Um, you also mentioned, mentioned bringing the traditional authorities into the planning system and actually bringing planning to the adults instead of asking them to come uh, come over. So, so you talked about multiple tracks as a preferred um, way of doing things. Um, it starts from the premise of the fact that we, are, we spend too much time in traffic and therefore we get to work stressed, tired, and a lot of time productive hours are wasted um, commuting. Um, we also talked about the fact that the, the, the culture of wanting to own your own land, um, have your own car, sometimes fights against using um, multi-user um, facilities that could make life easy for all of us. Let me conclude by asking you to share your closing thoughts. Let me start with you, Cecil, and then I'll come to you, Alfred. Yes, I just pray that um, the Ministry of Railways will um, work very fast. I know the dosage in terms of funding is the biggest problem that we have in Ghana, but um, Let's stop importing all those big vehicles, the 4 by 4s that are expensive, but rather <laughs> um, channel it into the railway system. Just like someone said, and I said before, Temahabo, right? We have all the goods, all, um, all um, well, the containers coming from there. If we have a good railway system, we'll use it, and then we'll not need a new motorway, which will be very expensive. Let's just channel Manage into the railway system. I just pray that um, in the next 10, 20 years, at least some of us will see a better railway system than the, the um, you know, uh, what we see now. And we'll have very good bus stops, um, stores, um, railway stations, right? I always cry when I'm crossing that of the Batona, especially when it's raining. Right, you see people with umbrellas. You see people, uh, you know, um, trying to um, dodge the splash of vehicles right. on the so potholes. So, yeah, right. we should do better on that aspect. And then, lastly, very um, lastly, we need to change ourselves as as um, 
users of the road. We need to comport ourselves. We need to drive as road safety people so that we save lives and properties and we can arrive in one piece and not in pieces. I knew you would end on the, on the note of discipline. <laughs> and that's the voice of Cecil Gabra sharing his thoughts about one recommendation. Yes. Um, Alfred, take us home your closing point. All right. Um, in the, the opening remark, you talk about urbanization leading the economy. You, talk, you say that they are, they are, a good urban system is a driver of the economy. What we are suggesting is that this driver must be licensed in such a way that we are grooming it, showing what to do. We don't have to just sit down, let the urban sprawl to wherever it wants to. You must bring it closer and control it properly. So now the new norm is what we call smart cities. Cities must be smart. If you have to buy a ticket, know where to buy it. If you have to buy an advance ticket, know where to buy it. If you have to, all these things. And so it requires smart people. People who are learning or getting the urban culture and becoming appropriate in terms of using the new technology must be trained. And so all this put together, the urbanization must be licensed to drive us safely onto a better economic platform. Thank you very much. And the word that I would like to carry away is smart people. Smart solutions, smart people. One smart thing you need to do is to stay on for a walk with Jesus because the discussion is going to be very important. Pastor Ransford will be hosting Madame Flora Saki, who's a counselor at Dr. Temple ICGC. They're talking about what husbands ought to know about their wives. Oh, comfort. I will listen. I promise you. <laughs> Pastor Ransford, I will listen and get to know what I ought to do. I want to say a big thank you to Cecil Garbra and then Alfred for coming in to help us understand the issues as relates to transport, engineering, and urbanization. We'll continue this discussion next week, but the key is to find better ways to do the things that we do so the quality of our lives can improve. Lower cost, higher quality, convenience, environmental protection, and a better life all around. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of Matthew Priscilla and Amos and Comfort, I want to say God bless you, God bless you, and good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. The light has come.